Good morning. How's everybody doing? You guys ready to praise him? Well, let's stand. Here we go. That silences the enemy. Let praise be a weapon that conquers all anxiety. Let it rise. Let praise arise. And we sing your name in the dark. It changes everything. We sing with all we are and we claim your victory. Come on. Let it rise, let praise arise. We'll see break down every wall, we'll watch the giants fall. If you cannot survive, when we praise you. The God of breakthroughs on our side, forever lift him high. With all creation cry. Let faith be the song that calms the storm inside of me And let it rise Let faith arise Let it rise We'll see you break down every wall We'll watch the giants fall A fear cannot survive when we praise you The God of breakthroughs on our Forever lift him high With all creation cry God we praise you Oh We praise you Oh This is what living looks like This is what freedom feels like This is what heaven sounds like We praise you We praise Come on sing it this is what living looks like This is what freedom feels like This is what heaven sounds like We praise you, we praise you This is what living looks like This is what freedom feels like This is what heaven sounds like We praise you. Come on, one more time This is what living looks like This is what freedom feels like This is what heaven like we praise you, we praise. We'll see you break down every wall. We'll watch the giants fall. If you cannot survive, we praise you. The God of breakthroughs on our side, forever lifts him high. With all creation, right we praise. We'll see you break down every wall. Watch the giants fall Survive when we praise you The God of breakthroughs on our side 
How many know he is a way maker this morning?
Last night, instead of having a 9 a.m. service, we had a 6 p.m. service last night in the field, and I was told that someone stopped counting when, he started, when we started getting over 400 people. I mean, there's a lot of people last night, and we handed out ice cream sandwiches at the end. We can't, we're not doing that today, just FYI. <laughs> but it was so well-received, I think we may do another one sometime in September, so stay tuned. And we did 14 baptisms last night. We, yeah. We had people receive, start following Jesus last night. This one little girl, fifth grader, her name's Mia. She accepted Jesus Christ, and she said, I want to get baptized. And so she got baptized on the spot. It was kind of, it was kind of a cool moment. Her mom's weeping and crying. It was, it was very moving. For those of you who may be first time here or first time online, this whole month, August is a prayer emphasis month where we're just praying for God to move. We did 21 days of prayer, 6.30 to 7.30 p.m., Monday through Saturday, and, 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 and just asking God to move in our lives, in our community, in our world, in our state. Wouldn't it be nice if our leaders started following Jesus? Why not ask? Wouldn't it be nice if our brother or our sister, our mom or our dad, our son and our daughter who do not know God yet would start following God, wouldn't that, wouldn't that be a good thing? God wants to answer that prayer, so I want to encourage you to keep asking, keep asking, keep asking for God to move. 
We're going to end this month where we like to do these praise and worship services. So you'll, you'll be up a little bit. You'll be down. We'll be speaking word. We'll be singing God's truth. Listen to the words of this song. It's part of the whole, the whole message theme. And today we're going to be in Psalm 103. If you want to get your Bibles out, Psalm 103 or get it on your phone because that's what we'll be walking through. And I want to set up Psalm 103 this way. It's so important to understand backstory. So just, just let me summarize it this way and get us into the right context. As you may know, God created the universe and everything in it. And in doing so, God created us to live in right relationship with God, with each other, and with our surrounding world. But we, and I think we all have to admit here that we, each one of us, at some point, we decide to go our own way. And when we went our own way, we experienced broken relationship. That's what hell is. Not just broken relationship with God, but we experience broken relationship with each other. In response to us going our own way, God didn't just want to leave us hanging. God didn't want to leave us spiritually dead, so God initiated reconciliation with us. And that's really the story of the Bible, initiating reconciliation with us, which choice culminated in God sending God's self in the person of Jesus Christ, hoping, hoping that we would turn back to God and begin living the way that God created us to live, in right relationship with God and with each other, living for the best interests of each other. As part of God's rescue plan, as part of God's reconciliation plan, hear me on this, this is so important to understand Psalm 103. God once chose, decided to partner with us. And it's very important for us to understand who the us is. The us is everyone who has decided to follow God. So God wants to partner with us, that is those of us who decide to follow God, to bring healing and restoration to our world, to every single person in this world. So there's more people starting to follow God and they can do the same, same thing. Why? I don't know, I just read the word because God wants to reveal God's self through a body that is us, that is those of us who have chosen to follow God to then show the world who God is, what God cares about, and who God cares about. God wants to use us to show the world what God's kingdom is all about. And God's kingdom is better than any man-made system in the world. Communism, capitalism, socialism, you name it. God's kingdom is better. Why? <laughs> well, let me tell you about God's kingdom. God's kingdom is where we all live in right relationship with each other. We live for the best interest of each other. God's kingdom is where we live with a love of sacrifice for each other, a love of action for each other's benefit, a love of forgiveness that lets go of past wrong that someone may have done to me. Don't you think that's a good way to live? Don't you think our world needs a little bit more of that? God's kingdom is all about living at peace with each other. You have to agree that we, could be, that we need a little bit more peace, right? God's kingdom is all about where we live with a, this, this, this God joy, where we live, we live with this spirit of kindness. Please and thank you. Thank you so much. I appreciate that about you. It's where we live with God, a spirit of gentleness and goodness and faithfulness. That is, our word means something. It's where we live with this, this spirit of self-control. I think when you, th when you start thinking about God's kingdom, who can, I defy anybody here watching online to show me a kingdom that is better than that. Don't you think our world, our country, our community, our state, 
Oh, it needs a little bit more of God's kingdom in it. Mm, so we pray and we ask God to move. Now, now here's what happens. Tension arises between us and God. That is, those of us who have chosen to follow God. That's who I'm talking about. Those of us who have chosen to follow God. Tension arises between us and God. Oh, when we start to look nothing like the God that we represent. So what happens when we begin to defame God's name by how we act by how we speak. What happens when we, that is people that say we're following God, start to, start to um, give God a bad name? What happens when we are unfaithful to the vow that we made to God when we started to follow him? I'm all in God. Use me as you see fit. What, what happens when we go back that way again? That is the way that God rescued us from. Well, in a word, exile. Exile is what happens. Exile from living in right relationship with God because we've chosen something else, right? As we see throughout the Old Testament, the Israelites and their various kings, including King David, who who most people think wrote this Psalm 103, they had misconstrued God's blessing as favoritism and entitlement. And, 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 and it caused, that caused them to become indifferent to God. It caused them to become indifferent to their calling, to share God's blessing with those who need it most, the poor and the powerless and the alien and the widow and the orphan. They became indifferent to their call to show the world who God is, what God cares about, and who God cares about. And that indifference... Well, indifference to God always then leads to exile. And the Israelites experienced spiritual exile, and then they also experienced physical exile, where they actually lost everything at one point in time. Hear me on this. Exile is what happens when we forget our resurrection story. We forget what God has saved us from. We forget who we were before God rescued us. And so exile is not just a, a, a physical place. Exile is really the state of our being, the state of our soul. Exile is when we become strangers to God's purposes. And that's why I think it's so important for us at various times throughout the year to take a pause and to reflect upon our relationship with God, which is one of the reasons why we do 21 days of prayer in January and in August. And during 21 days of prayer, when we come and we just sit in God's presence, we're we're then able to reflect with God on some questions like these. Have I begun to misrepresent God by how I act in various situations. That is, by how I'm acting in this current pandemic situation. Am I misrepresenting who God is and what God cares about and who God cares about by the words that I'm speaking to people because because maybe fear or anxiety have overcome me and I'm stressed out and so I'm just lashing out to people during this particular season of our history. Hmm. Am I misrepresenting who God is by how I 
conduct myself on social media? Am I divisive or am I trying to bring unity and peace to the people who commune with me on social media? Sitting in, in 21 Days of Prayer also, we can, we can sit there and we can reflect on, has life become all about me? Like my needs, my wants, my desires. That is, have I become a more me-focused person than who God has called me to be, which is an others-focused person. That is, love God, love others, and then help others do the same. Hmm, let me think about that. Huh. I, when I sit and, I, and, and, and I'm sitting 21 days of prayer, it, it, it also allows me to ask the question, who's feeding me? Who's transforming my mind and my heart? Is it God? Am I, am I, am I, am I spending time with God on a regular, consistent basis in, with God in prayer and, and reading, actually reading God's word and letting God's word speak to me by, by, by praying, fasting, meditating, by, by communing with other with some of my friends and colleagues in a small group, just working through issues, allowing them to hold me accountable. Am my gathering every once in a while in a, in a place where I can just worship this God with my brothers and sisters in Christ? Or have I kind of withdrawn or and just allowing the, the world, whether and through various media, to really transform my mind and my heart? As I sit in 21 days of prayer, I'm also able to reflect upon, am I actually playing my role in God's story? I mean, God's made me with a purpose, or am I sitting on the sidelines? As I sit in 21 days of prayer, I can actually ask the ultimate, ultimate question, have I missed it in some way about what it means to be a follower of God? Do I have blind spots that God needs to convict me on? Because if we do not ask these questions and reflect upon them, we will find ourselves at some point in time in a bad place, in exile. Exile, it can look like a divorce because I've engaged in adultery. Hmm. Exile can look like being a slave to some vice. Exile can, can look like being debt-ridden because it's all about me and I just got to have this and that and so I've run up this credit card bill. I'm spending more than what I make instead of living below my means and being a blessing to other people. Exile can take various forms. And if you're sitting there this morning or listening online and you feel, you feel lost, maybe, you feel sideways with God, you feel just blah. Like, life is just being drained out of me. And if you're sitting there and you're, and you're thinking that way, I just want to invite you this morning just to let God's word speak to you. Psalm 103 is a response to the crisis of spiritual exile. Psalm 103 reminds us, reminds us that we don't have to live in spiritual exile forever. Psalm 103 reminds us that we're not too far gone, no matter how, what we may have done or, or, or the path that we've taken. We're, we're not too bad for God to heal and restore. I mean, Psalm 103 reminds us that our exile ends with God's compassion and unfailing love expressed in many through, through, through God's willingness to forgive us for everything at any moment 
as long as we're still physically breathing on this earth. This is good news for any of us who may be in spiritual exile, who may be sideways, who may feel lost, who may feel life is just drained right out of me. If you're willing to turn back to God, we will experience God's networks. We will see never-ending compassion and unfailing love and forgiveness, which then gives us new life, new hope, new meaning, new purpose. This is the God who renews. This is the God who gives us a fresh start. This is a God who turns graves into gardens. And so will you just stand with me this morning and just, I want you to take in these words that our worship team sing about about this truth, about who this God is. Oh God, thank you for being a God who, who, who just pulls us out of the life pit and gives us a fresh start, who, 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 just, who just breathes new life into us when we're dead, who just is the God that flips things to newness and betterness. Oh God, may we be a people who always turn to you and let you do what you do best, heal and restore. In Jesus' mighty name we pray and ask, amen. I searched the world It couldn't fill me Man's empty praise And treasures of faith Are never enough But then you came along And put me back together now every desire is now satisfied here in your love oh there's nothing better than you there's nothing better than you Lord there's nothing nothing Oh, you believe that today? Now I'm not afraid To show you my weakness And my failures and flaws Lord, you've seen them all And you still call me friend Cause the God of that's right, it is the God of the valley. And there's not a place your mercy and grace won't find me again.
that we're here to meet with today. So good. You guys can have a seat. So as Pastor Dave said, this Psalm 103 is, the, is this, this prayer, this song that we can sing to get ourselves out of exile, to, to, to step into the promises of God. And so I want to invite you today. Today could be the day that you actually leave your exile. That when you leave this building after this service, you're walking out of your exile and into God's promises. And that is our prayer for you today. And so as we begin reading this, we see that the psalmist begins by praising God. It says in verse 1, let all that I am praise the Lord with my whole heart. I will praise his holy name. Let all that I am praise the Lord. May I never forget the good things that he does for me. This is a call to remember. To remember what God does for us. To remember who he is. To remember what he's already done. And remembrance has always been key for God's people. God has always called his people, remember. Remember what I've done. Remember what I, what I promised to do. In fact, it's because the Israelites failed to remember that they lived in exile, that they didn't step in to his promises when God wanted to to lavish it onto them. He says, remember. And so that's where we have to start. Remember who God is. Read his word. Continue to remember what he's done. And so the psalmist goes on to reflect on some of these things in verse 3. He says, he forgives all my sins and heals all of my diseases. God forgives us. Wipes our slate clean over and over and over. As many times as we wander, as many times as we are not obedient, as many times as we see the shiny things in this world and fall into them, he forgives endlessly. But he doesn't just forgive He gets to the root of the problem and he heals us. He heals us of the disease of sin. He goes into the place inside of us that, that causes us to lean in to those temptations, to believe those lies, and he heals us. He sanctifies us as we give him permission to come in, renew our mind, renew our heart, make us to be like Reflecting Christ sanctifies us, heals the disease of sin within us, so we don't even have to go back there. We don't have to continue to be forgiven. And then it says in verse 4, He redeems me from death and crowns me with love and tender mercy. God redeems us out of the place that we're in. Redeems us out of, out of slavery by, by saving us and then redeems our identity. All those things that we believe about ourselves, God says, no, that's what they said. Listen to what I say. And he redefines us. He gives us a purpose. No, No matter what we've done, we're not too scarred or beat up or damaged. God says, no, listen to what I say about you. And despite all of it, despite everything that we bring with us, God doesn't just excuse it, 
But he says, in fact, come, come up here because I'm going to crown you with royalty because you are my child. I'm not just going to pardon you. I'm actually going to place you in a place of favor because you're mine. And this is that new identity that we get to live in out of exile. Verse 5, he goes on to say, he fills my life with good things. My youth is renewed like the eagle's. There is absolutely nothing in this world that will ever fill you. God and God alone can fill us. And so we seek so many things in this world, relationships, experiences, material possessions. We're trying to be filled with joy and fulfillment and excitement and all of these things, but it will never satisfy. In fact, it's only going to cause us to want more. But God fills us with good things, fills us to the top. And what happens is when we're filled with the good things of God, these things in our exile that just pull on us, these things that we don't really want to have to give up, these things that are just so tempting, when we're filled with the good things of God, those things begin to suffocate us. We begin to be repulsed by them. Because when we experience the goodness of God that fills us, that quenches that, that thirst in us, we don't want to go back to that. And then I love this, that my youth is renewed like the eagles. See, throughout our life, we get pretty beat up. We get weary. We, we get weighed down. But God comes and he, he says, I'm going to take that burden off of you. I'm going to remove that off of you. And so then we get to live like we did in our youth, just running free, careless because God's got this. He lifts that burden off of us that weighs us down throughout our life, and then we can soar like an eagle through a storm. That through life's trials and the things that we face and, and the, the things that God may call us to, we, we can do them with ease, like in our youth, when we know that Daddy's got this. And then he ends in verse 6 in this portion of the psalm. says, The Lord gives righteousness and justice to all who are treated unfairly. See, this is where he shifts a little bit. When we remember all of these things that God does for us, we're reminded in this verse that it's not just about us. But again, that we remember what God's heart is all about, and it is about the victim, the oppressed, the needy. And he says that he brings justice for them, righteousness for them. And we, too, are to have the heart of God that we care for the people in need. And that we remember as we read this, we may be the victim that needs God to bring justice. Or maybe we've gotten a little too self-absorbed, made it all about us. We're reminded that there are people that need God. And so we're reminded right here that God will bring an uproar to the courtrooms of our life. He advocates for the victim. And he will bring justice for us. This is who our God is. We must remember these things because he is good. He is for goodness. He is goodness. And when we take the time to remember, we can't help 
but see over and over that our God is always good. Would you stand with us and sing this song about his goodness? Every breath that 
be seated. The question I have to ask is why? Why? After Jenna set things up with these first six verses, why is God the God who just (laughs) forgives, who heals, who redeems, who fills, who renews us? Why? Why? Why why does God, why does God, why does God just do that? Why? especially when we've done some dumb things. Anybody here ever done something dumb or stupid? I can say that word, right? Stupid. We've done some things that we wish, man, I wish I wouldn't have gone there. Why is God so willing to receive us? Why? It's all about God's character. That's why. God's self-disclosed character. We're going to read about that in the verses that follow. What, 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 are, what are those two things that are highlighted here? What, what, what is it about God's character that he just extends this forgiveness in any situation for any of us while we're still physically breathing on this earth? What is it? Do you want to know? Stay with me. We'll get to it. Verse 7, interesting verse, Psalm 103. So, so, so as Jenna just read to us, the psalmist talks about forgive, heal, redeem, uh, fill, renew. And then we get to this interesting, and God, God has got justice. And then, and then the psalmist says this, He revealed his character to Moses and his deeds to the people of Israel. An interesting transition verse there. Again, as Jenna talked about, this, this whole psalm is about remembering. And as I, as I was researching the psalm, I, I didn't even realize that, I didn't even think about this. I think I knew, but I just didn't know the depth of it. That, that there's different books in the psalms. And these psalms have been put together to, for various reasons. And this one happens to be in book four. And it's really, again, for us to remember what God has done when we find ourselves in a bad place. And so when the Israelites would read these later, especially when they were in, 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 in exile in Babylon, this gives us hope, okay? And so the psalmist here says, verse 7, he revealed his character to Moses and his deeds to the people of Israel. What does this mean? Well, the psalmist is reminding the Israelites in us about this golden calf scene. It's talked about in Exodus chapter 32 through 34. What happened there? Let me just fill you in on the backstory. God rescues the Israelites from being slaves in Egypt. 
takes them through the Red Sea, parts that, takes them into the wilderness, caring for them. And Moses goes up on this mountain to interact with God. Well, he's up there for a little too long from the Israelites' perspective, and they grew impatient. And when they grew impatient, they started to have these interesting kind of weird thoughts like, oh my goodness, this God rescued us from from the Egyptians and he brought us out into the wilderness to kill us. Oh my God, he's, oh my goodness. Oh my, where's this God at? Where is he? And they begin to have weird thoughts and thinking. He must have, this God, oh God, you must have abandoned us in some way, forgotten about us. And so they, they gather, their leaders gather, and they say, well, let's, let's gather the gold, and let's melt all of our gold down. Man, that's pretty dumb. And then they took it even to a more dumber state. Let's craft it into a, a golden calf. And then let's worship what we've handcrafted. That's our God. That's the God who's going to save us. And how does God respond to that? Well, we're told... In Exodus chapter 32, verse 10, we're told that God's anger burned against the Israelites to such an extent that God says, I want to destroy them, Moses, and start again with you. And what does Moses do? Moses intercedes on behalf of of the Israelites, in essence, asking God to relent. Don't do that. And he gets into all these reasons why. God, don't, 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 don't do that. I want to take a pause here, and I want to give you a word of encouragement. To be intercessors for everyone in your life, every loved one in your life who is not following God yet. Or maybe they have been, and they've gotten off the God path, and they found themselves in a bad spot intercession works. God hears those prayers. God wants to answer that prayer because God wants to save. God wants to free. God wants to redeem. God wants to fill. Are you with me here? So never ever stop asking. Out love the evil one's hate for your loved one by asking God to move every day until it happens. Are you with me? And in response to, to, to Moses' prayer of intercession, we're told in, in, in verse 14 of Exodus 32 that God actually, and this is the phrase <laughs> that's used, that God actually changed God's mind. Now, there's a lot of depth theologically in that phrase, and we're not going to get into all that here. I just want you to know that God heard Moses' prayer changed what he was going to do. And then God talks about later in chapter 34 why. And this is where God self-discloses God's character. And the psalmist here in Psalm 103 quotes directly from, from Exodus 34, 6. These are the words of God. This is what God has said about God's self. The psalmist here in Psalm 103 quotes that in verse 8. When the psalmist says this, the Lord is compassionate and merciful, slow to get angry and filled with unfailing love. He will not constantly accuse us nor remain 
angry forever. I say amen to that. Because I've done a lot of stupid stuff. Verse 10. He does not punish us for all our sins. Praise God. Because I'd be in poof. He does not deal harshly with us as we deserve. Hear me on this. The psalmist makes very clear that God's wrath is limited. God chooses to limit it. So we're never too far gone. We're never too bad for God to heal and restore. Are you with me this morning? That's good news. Why? Why? Why is this? Well, this is God goes on. I mean, well, the psalmist goes on here. Why? Verse 11. For his, that is God's unfailing love towards those who fear him, is as great as the height of the heavens above the earth. He, that is God, has removed our sins as far from us as the east is from the west. So while God's wrath is limited, God's compassion and unfailing love has no boundaries for those who fear, for those who turn back to God. Are you with me this morning? We'll talk more about what that means in a minute. Psalmist goes on, verse 13, the Lord is like a father. That's a very important metaphor here, and I'll I'll talk about that again in a second. The Lord is like a father to his children, tender and compassionate to those who fear him. For he knows how weak we are. He remembers we're only dust. I mean, it just goes back to the garden, another remembrance. What happened and why the flood with Noah We are weak creatures (laughs) in many regards, and we need God to do what God does best, right? Heal and restore. Our days are on earth are like grass, like wildflowers. We bloom and die. The wind blows and we're gone as though we had never been made. Again, reminding us that our physical life, it's just about a mist here. It doesn't last forever, but our spirit does, so let's focus there. Then God, I mean, then the psalmist continues in verse 17, but the love of the Lord remains forever with those who fear him. His salvation extend to the children's children of those who are faithful to his covenant, of those who obey his commandments. Did you notice the tension that God has chosen to live with here? Let me, let me define it for you. It's the tension between, I think it's the best way, at least I can express it. It's the tension between the, the incomprehensible excess and immeasurability. That is the endlessness of God's compassion and love. It's the tension between that in God's demand for faithfulness and obedience. God, God has chosen, as he says here, remember we talked about him saying that he's a father. 
This is the tension that, that God, as a loving parent, has chosen to live with. I want you to think of it this way. If you've been a parent or if you've been a kid, maybe you've experienced this. I've been a kid, so I've experienced it both ways. If you're a parent, we want our children to be problem solvers, right? Anybody, any parent here doesn't want their kid to be a problem solver? Mm, Don't raise your hand if you actually believe that. (laughs) Well, how do our kids become problem solvers? By solving? And do you think they're going to solve every problem correctly? No. Chris and I always have a saying, make mistakes in our home. It's okay because we want to learn, right? You're going to learn how to make mistakes. And then we would pray to God, please don't make it be a life-changing one, right? So we want our kids to learn how to solve problems. The only way they can do that is if they solve problems and they're going to make mistakes, right? Now, when they make mistakes, do we, as a father, Kristen, as a mom, do do we say, "Uh, mm, zap you when you made a mistake? Mm, No. We walk the path. We correct. Our love doesn't stop, right? Think of it from a God perspective. What does God want? Well, God wants us to live for the glory of God. God wants us to be a God follower, right? And as we start to learn how to be a God follower, do you think we have it all figured out when we start? No. We're going to make some bad calls. We're going to do some ungodly things. God's like, no, 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 no. Ouch, that one hurt, didn't it? No, I'm, I'm here, come back. And so we learn, sometimes through mistakes, some of us bigger mistakes than others, but God doesn't stop loving us during that time period. Are you, are you following me here? And that's the tension. Then the question really becomes from this tension between the immeasurability, this endlessness of, of God's compassion and love and God's demand for faithfulness and obedience, th- th- this tension then raises the question, does our faithfulness and obedience, like after we, you know, we go off the God path, do we have to earn it back in some way before God's going to love us again? I mean, do we have to earn back God's compassion and love? Do we have to do things for God to accept us? The answer is a big no. And that big no answer is the cross of Jesus Christ. The cross is the event that satisfies God's demand for justice for our sins. And this satisfaction, though, (laughs) satisfaction, it, it, it comes from God giving God's self in the person of Jesus Christ. Not from human obedience. You follow me here. For while we were still sinners, Paul says in Romans chapter 5, verse 8, Christ, what? Died for us. So what do we do? Receive. Do the 180. Turn back. Oh my goodness, God. How stupid could I be? Please. Please forgive me. Please help me move out of this life pit. I'm desperate now. I need you. I messed up. God's like, in fact, let me pick you up and carry you right now because I don't know if you can carry yourself. I don't know if you can take the next step, but I will help you because of my compassion and my unfailing love for you. I created you. You're my child. I want you to come home. 
I want you to live the way I've created you to live. Are you with me this morning? I want you to be everything that I've created you to be. And as God breathes new life in us, we have this desire. All we want is to be where God wants us to be in word, thought, deed, and place at each moment. And so as we contemplate the fact that our hope is not in our ability to measure up, but rather our hope is in God's compassion and unfailing love and forgiveness. Oh, when we contemplate that, how can we not say to God, here I am, here's my life, here's my all. And so if we find ourselves sideways with God, if we find ourselves in some life pit, if we find ourselves in a place where we think, oh my goodness, how can God ever forgive me again? How can God ever welcome me back again? I want to remind you that we worship a God of second, third, fourth, hundredth, millionth chances while we're still breathing on this earth. This God does not want to destroy us. This God does not want to condemn us forever. No. This God, this God wants to save us. This God wants to free us from any bondage of the evil one. This God wants to redeem us and help us understand our identity as, as, as Jenna talked about. Why we were created. And God wants us to live there. God wants to fill us with God's spirit. So we're, so we're playing our role in God's story so that we have the power through God's spirit to say no to sin and yes to God in all things. This is the God that we worship. This is the God who has created everything. This is the God who wants to use us to usher in God's kingdom. Is there anybody here this morning who wants God to breathe new life into you? Is there? Is there? Mm. Will you bow your head and close your eyes with me this morning? And I just want to give anybody here an opportunity who wants to experience the freshness of God's love, the, the power of God's unfailing love. If you want that this morning, just, just raise your hand up and I just want to unleash a prayer on your behalf. I see your hand this morning. I see your hands. I see your hand. I see your hands. I see your hands up there. Mm-hmm. Mm. Oh, God. We just come to you this morning as, well, you know us, people who have gotten a little sideways, people who have just, we've lost our way a little bit in life, and we're in a place where we do not want to be. We're experiencing some hell on earth. And so, God, we just come before your throne this morning, and we just ask you to do what you do best, heal and restore us. We confess, we just come clean, Please wipe our slate clean. Please fill us with your spirit so that we can be who you have created us to be. You have created us, 
oh, to reflect your image, and that's what we want to do. Now, God, we need your help because we're just trying to figure it out. And so please help us to always choose your way. And when we make that mistake, oh, please, God, give us that, that spirit that just wants to receive your correction as you continue to transform us and remake us. In your mighty name we pray and ask, amen. Now there's some people who view this, this unfailing love of God as, and they kind of term it, it's not a bad, it's, it's kind of a cool thing. I never thought about it this way until this, this song was written. That this is kind of a, like a reckless kind of love. When we think about it from a world, like why would God do that? It's kind of, why would God just always just love us no matter what, calling us back. Why? Why is God just continuing to pursue us? Well, that's just who God is. So this morning, I just want you to stand with me and sing about this, this love, this, this reckless love, this, this unfailing love that pursues us 24-7, 365. Always there, just waiting for us to say, God, God, yes, I, I want to receive it and I want to experience it. So sing with us as our worship team leads us in this song. For I spoke a word you were singing over me. been so, so good to me, for I took a breath, you breathed your life in me, you have been so, so kind to me, oh, the overwhelming never of God Oh, it chases me down, fights till I found peace of 99 And I couldn't earn it And I don't deserve it Still you give yourself away Oh, the overwhelming never-ending reckless love Yeah. 
Your shadow, you won't light up. Mountain, you won't climb up. Coming after you. There's no wall you won't kick down. Lie you won't tear down. Coming after me. There's no shadow you won't light up. Mountain, you won't climb up. Coming after me. Oh, we're never too far. There's no wall you won't kick down. Lie you won't tear down. They're coming after me. Come on, if you believe it, lift it. There's no shadow you won't light up. Mountain, you won't climb up. Coming after me. There's no wall you won't kick down. Lie you won't tear down. You're coming after me. There's no shadow you won't light up. Mountain, you won't climb up. and share a little word. The Lord has made the heavens his throne. From there he rules over everything. So praise the Lord, you angels, you mighty ones who carry out his plans, listening for each of his commands. Yes, praise the Lord, you armies of angels who serve him and do his will. Praise the Lord, everything he created, everything in all his kingdom. Let all that I am praise the Lord. This psalm, like many of the psalms, starts with praise and it ends with praise. So may we be people who in every circumstance start with praise and end with praise. We have to be a people of praise. We have to rise up as people of praise. So no matter any circumstance, we will start with praise and we will end with praise. So we, the culture, what's happening right now, we can look at it and we can say, I'm going to praise God for COVID, praise God. Cancer, praise God. Uh, injustice, praise God. What, Lindsay, what are you, uh, sex trafficking, praise God. No, I'm not, I'm not praising God for these things. These are things of the enemy. But what we can do is we can praise God for who he is in the midst of these things. Do you guys, do you, are, do you get it? Amen. We can praise God for who he is and what he can do in these things because our God is a healer. Our God does set his people free. Our God does bring justice. So in the midst of what's happening out there, we can praise because our praise and our prayer, it changes things. And we need to see a change. So we have to be people of praise and of prayer 
who are going to, to shift the reality, who are going to shift our perspective and watch God do what he does. Are you with me? Amen. All right, so we're going to do one more song, and I want y'all, we're going to praise Jesus one last time. Our service started with praise. We're going to end with praise just like these psalms do. So let's praise. <laughs> Amen. my mind to Calvary where Jesus bled and died for me and I see his wounds his hands is free my Savior that cursed His body bound and drenched in tears They laid him down in Joseph's tomb The entrance sealed by heavy stone Messiah's day and all alone Come on, let's praise Oh, praise the name of the Lord our God. Oh, praise His name forevermore. For endless days we will sing Your praise. Oh, Lord, oh, Lord our God. Then on the at break of dawn The Son of Heaven rose again Oh, trample death Where is your sting? The angels roar For Christ the King Hey! No
new song. Sing it out. cell phone but not everyone's going to do what I'm going to ask them to do but get your cell phone out anyway if you are someone who raised your hand and said hey I'm all in I want what God's offering I want to experience God's unfailing love can you do me a favor can you just text to 94000 that's 94 and three zeros 94,000 94000 However you want to, if you're watching online, same thing. Because we want to follow up with you and journey with you. I want to give you a gift as we walk this path of life together. I'm not going to tell you what that gift is. But if you send me a text, 94000, we will. Because it can't be a solo Christian. I mean, it's just, it's too tough out there. We want to be a community of faith that, that, that helps you grow as we grow in Christ together. Are you with me? This morning, Mm, I love you. More importantly, God loves you. God's unfailing love just wants to wrap God's arms around you. Heal you. Heal me when we're broken. Love us back in (laughs) to love right relationship with God. Oh, I love this God. May you go today filled with God's spirit, with God's love. May you go today filled with new life, a refreshed spirit, and then may God use you to change the world, to bring healing and restoration to that person in your sphere of influence today. And if God gives us another, then the next and the next. Amen. Oh God, please protect us. Oh God, bless us. Oh God, please pour out your favor upon us and then use us to change the world. In your mighty name we pray and ask, amen.